The Tigers are premiers for the 12th time in their history. Liam Ryan has climbed on Max Gorn and taken a miraculous mark. Runs towards goal. It's as good as you'll ever see. The winner of the 2019 Brownlow medal, Nathan Pine of the Fremantle Football Club. The miracle of Chris! It's a Grundy! It's Grundy! Hello everyone and welcome to the 5th Quarter Podcast, brought to you by the Nobleman Podcast Network and Pure VPN. Pure VPN leads the industry with its massive network of over 2,000 encrypted servers and 300,000 anonymous IP addresses to ensure your safety and privacy online. I am That's of co- a lot. Yes, it is. I am, of course, the... Uh, let's just say I'm taking a big sigh of relief this week. Um, hello, I'm Ben. Uh, and I'm joined by uh, just, I think, incredibly over the, the moon. fully erect. Yeah, exactly. West Coast room, Brent. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely at full mast right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nathan is unfortunately not with us today. He has prior commitments, but that's okay. I am back. Um, and if anything... With, it's just it's just like last year, you know. The teams are now going to start going through some buys, so chances are we'll be doing the same thing. Um, uh, very quickly, though, get into the uh, footy tipping competition. Quick reminder that uh, the winner of this year's footy comp, footy tipping comp, will take home the coveted "I won the fifth quarter" podcast footy tipping and didn't even get a lousy t-shirt coffee mug. So the stakes are high and the rewards are great. Uh, so yes, looking at it, uh, we can see that at the moment, because we still have a game to play, of course, with Frio versus Geelong, but at the moment you have uh, myself, Nathan and Brent all on six for the round. Yes. Oh yeah. I should have tipped Sydney or should have kept my Sydney tip. <laughs> oh well. Um, Bree and Raj on five, Justin and Zane on four, Ashley on three and Mikey on two. Uh, which means that at the moment we have Raj out in front still on 45 uh, total. I'm catching him. I'm but catching him. exactly, yourself and Nate are catching him on 43. I'm a little bit further behind on 40, just above Justin on 39. Ashley's on 37. Mikey on 34. Bree and Zane is, are on 33 and 23, respectively. So still all to play for. Always, to, Always still to play for. But uh, we'll move into our heroes and villains now for the week. Uh, Brent, if you want to start us off. Yeah, cool. So um, my my hero this week is uh, I've got the, the blue and yellow glasses on. That's a, again, it's hard not to. That's all right. I've got the red and black glasses on all the time. So. <laughs> uh, I've gone this week. It was hard to pick, but I've gone Nick Natanui and Oscar Allen. Not so much for their obvious uh, performance where Oscar, Oscar Allen kicked three yep. and Natanui dominated in the ruck but their ability to pretty much completely stop Brody Grundy from having an influence at all um yeah that guy has pretty much been running running rampant in the Collingwood midfield he's sort of been let down by his midfielders as everyone's commented on he gets a lot of hit outs but not a lot to advantage yeah but it's his touches around the ground you know he's the extra midfielder uh he played 83% of game time had 10 touches Took two marks, didn't kick a goal, had twenty four hit outs. In fifty eight percent of game time, Nick Nat had eight disposals, one goal, one same number of hit outs. Um, and Collingwood even started Grundy in the forward line in the last quarter. I think he played half the quarter in the forward line just to um, 
trying. I don't know. It gives a guy gives a guy a break or yeah. do something, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think those two working in tandem uh, did a very very good job of nullifying his influence as well as you know having a massive influence of their own. They obviously contributed four goals, but the way Nick Nat carved up the hitouts, yeah, you can see how the Eagles just sort of did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Midfielders look like witches hats sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I know they were, Collingwood are, are down, probably the three, arguably their three most important players, Pendlebury, Sidebottom, and um, Jeremy Howe. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Jordan Ngoi is probably in their top five as well. But, I mean, all those players together probably don't contribute 11 goals. Maybe they do. Who knows? But, their yeah, their midfield was just shut down completely. Um, which brings me to my villain. I've uh, stolen it off you, Ben, and I've <laughs> or back will back up our good friend Kane Corns. It's Alistair Clarkson. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't actually didn't actually watch what Kane Corns had to say or listen to it because I never do. But I just read the uh, like the headline. <laughs> yeah, about him being the master of deflection and. I was sort of thinking the same thing. It's like every time there's a loss, it seems to be followed up with an excuse. Yep. Maybe not the first loss. Like, oh, you know, we lost by 40 points. Guys get over it. But then the next one is... Oh, I can't remember what he blamed the first time. Um, was that the ta- was that the, the, the tackling thing the first time? Or was that... Oh, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he blamed not getting enough free kicks. Yeah. For the tackling, he forced a whole rule change, which has done nothing except make it more confusing. And then this time he's said Tom Papley's the master of uh, diving for freeze. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, it doesn't matter if he does because him getting like one or two free kicks is, you know, it's not it's not changing the way Hawthorne play, which is nope. very, very bad. No. Um, and I get defending your players if they're in a bit of a slump, like some coaches will say, give everyone a break like we're working through it. But there's a difference between sticking by your players and admitting you're struggling to just finding every excuse yeah. possible that you're, lo- that you're losing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's odd coming from a... I mean, it's hard to say he's disciplined, but he... Because, <laughs> you know, the, the amount of out- outbursts he has had, but... I was going to say, um, yeah. A generally, you know, pretty switched on guy has won four flags, you'd think. Mm. And, I mean, he's had downs since he's in his time at Hawthorne. It hasn't all, all been success. No. So it's just uh, it's an odd period that the whole footy club's going through and it's the coach is reflecting it and it's probably not a good not a good uh, thing to see or hear. The head coach just sort of blaming everyone and everything for his struggles. <laughs> No, exactly, and I there seems to be a little bit of a old man yells at cloud at the moment with Clarko, um, and <laughs> yeah. and I do feel like I do feel for Longmire a little bit because I, I, you can tell when he got told that what Clarko said, he seemed just exasperated because this is the second time now that he's had to deal with it because um, Hardwick had a go at his at his team as well just a few weeks yeah. ago with the whole. Um, uh, you the know, flooding thing, yeah, yeah, and the horrible looking style of play yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And he's like, and just his comment of like, just that sigh, and just you don't talk about opposition, you don't talk about other, like other clubs. It's just, and he's right because it just makes you look like a, you know, a, a petulant child almost. Yeah, I know. The best coaches say, you know, like if they if they've lost and it was unexpected, or they'll just say, yeah, 
well, you know, we came in knowing that they could beat us. Yeah. And they beat us. They're not like, oh, it's, you know, it's unfair or it's it's too hard to coach against them. Yeah. <laughs> like, do it's your like, job better. Yeah, it's like, then stop <laughs> coaching, you know? Yeah. yeah, do your job better. Yep. Um, well, I very much have the red and black glasses on, like I've already said. <laughs> um, so my hero is the two gamer in... Uh, uh, Cahill, Tim Cahill, yeah, yeah. T- Tim, Tim, uh, Tim, <laughs> Ned Cahill, um, but the other, I w- would like to make mention that there's there apparently because I was at work when the game was on, but apparently the commentators were calling him Carl. Oh, I didn't watch it. I and I hope that that isn't cor- that's just <laughs> I'm someone's uh, told me that and that's been an incorrect statement because if that is what they've been saying, then. Carhill. That's just that's exasperating, but no, probably Carhill, possibly Carhill. I was on my way to um the Eagles Collingwood. It's hard to still call it a game, the training drill. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't catch any of the games. Yeah, but no, um, the reason I have him as my hero is because, uh, well, one, he actually did what I thought he, what I was hoping he would, and his first goal, the Cahill, the first, yeah. his first goal was the Cahill goal. I was like, yes, thank yeah. you very much. Um, but no, the the other reason is because of how. Uh, posed and poised he was when he needed to kick that goal to keep uh, Essendon like you know uh, I think it was, it was basically the match winning goal he, we kicked it we kicked I think we kicked another behind after the after the fact and then Adelaide just kicked like three or One four behind three, yeah three three or four yeah. behinds and that was it um, so he needed to kick that goal and he did and the like and it's very rare that I can kind of like in a second gamer as well like like. I almost, I can almost now go to Cahill and go. All right, I can almost get, I can almost be safe knowing that if you have the ball, it's going, it could potentially, it's going to be a, a goal because no other forward, uh, no other person in the for, in essence forward line, I can say that about at the moment. So that's just a nice shining bright light. Um, that's why he's my hero. Um, <clears throat> conversely, the villain. It's not so much the players as it is the umpire who decided to do it. Uh, do the yeah the double report for on Jacob Townsend and, and Crouch for yeah Crouch having Towns they both had each other's jumpers or Guernseys yeah Crouch pulls him pulls Townsend in Townsend in, ends up hitting his the bridge of Crouch's yeah, nose with his head yeah yeah and that's and that's apparently a double report I'm glad I'm glad Michael Christian Slater threw it out it's one of the few things he's got right but <laughs> Don't get me started <laughs> but um yeah the fact that it got reported at all was just bewildering to me like it, it, I, I I didn't yeah. understand it whatsoever it's almost like it, it, it I get it. You don't. That shouldn't be a thing. You don't want it to be. You know that kind of rough and tumble. But that was. It was just a thing that happened inadvertently because the two had each other's Guernseys. Yeah, well, I it mean, wasn't. It, it wasn't become a. If it does become a thing, I'm sure they could put it under like melee rules or something. You know, like fine for engaging in a melee or wrestling or something. But well, yeah, it's a one one off thing that was clearly just an accident that they head clashed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there, there is there is precedent for like you know doing a having fines for you know that kind of thing. Why you yeah, don't if, have if, to get reported? If you think for it. it's something that's yeah, yeah. going to plague the game, but it's almost like the ump got kind of didn't know what was 
what had actually just happened in his what had just happened he was like uh uh, you know you know what i'm just gonna go with the benefit of the doubt and report both of you yeah yeah it's kind of like um a parent not not seeing what their two kids have done and something has happened and it's like neither one says anything so so, oh you're both in trouble but in but in that case (laughs) you don't do it, you don't do it yourself if you didn't see it you if there's something that did act, act did actually happen then you've got you have the match review officer well, you ha- I, that's yeah, what they're there for I don't, I don't for. get the point of the on-field report because it doesn't matter anyway no no uh, oh well probably anyway who knows anymore exactly let's move <laughs> let's move on to something a little bit a uh, little bit more um i don't know uh well we got we got Nathan's hero in the villain Oh, we do too, don't we? Let's 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 move on to that instead. Uh, so Nathan had his hero as Stephen Canilio, uh, who I believe we all tipped to win the Brownlow. By the way, um, probably back in. Um, I mean, I can't <laughs> remember that in, far back. So. Way back in February or whenever it was. February of you know nineteen thirteen. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> when we were actually allowed to do so. Uh, but no, uh, Nathan has uh, Cogs as his hero. Um, he actually states that you know it's simply because he bounced back into form, playing a big role in a win they needed. Uh, apparently, Toby Green had what well, didn't wasn't a thing. Um, <laughs> and the first thing he says is a shout out to the Tuck family. So yeah, there you go. That's yeah. That that's that's very very adequate for a, for a hero. Um, no, I mean it's easy to have Toby Green as your hero, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's good to find the le- the. I guess a, he's a lesser hero. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's more like yeah, he's he was an on-field hero for hero. for the Giants, but he's also a bit of an off-field hero for the shout-out as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but but Nate's villain for the week as well is uh, Dan Butler uh, for ruining <laughs> St Kilda's perfect scoreline with the with the poster. Um, yeah, so. And I will just on that. That that was. I do wonder if we're starting to see teams seem to be a little bit more accurate at the moment in front of goals. Like you've had GWS. Uh, I think it, I think it depends where you're kicking them from. Yeah, it's true. It's hard to say that after watching the Mel like the Melbourne game, where they were missing them from everywhere. Brizzy were missing yeah, them from good. everywhere. Yeah, Adelaide good point. Were missing them. I just, I'm just thinking but, back to like your, like Geelong, uh, so uh, the Giants when they played well, the, Geelong, the West Coast, um, West, the West Coast, Coast game. Collingwood yeah. game, the West Coast Collingwood game. I don't think there was a single behind. There may have been one behind from set shots for the whole game. Um, I think West Coast had seventeen or eighteen shots, and the three that missed missed altogether. So they kept a perfectly unblemished record. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, like most of Collingwood's. I mean, West Coast kicked three behinds. Um, they all came from in play, and the majority of Collingwood's came from um in play as well. So the set shot goal kicking was, I don't know, in a word, remarkable because it's generally pretty unreliable. I was going to say, yeah, that's like, <laughs> it. We we seem to have reverted back to like the days of the eighties and nineties where you could actually kick a goal. Full when you're having a set miss. shot, you know, as opposed to yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it going left or right and potentially out of bounds. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it, I don't know. Maybe maybe players have maybe I maybe the the players have figured out a way to you know actually have a set shot without being completely out of breath. 
or you know maybe the short maybe now the shortened quarters and everything it's starting to take a bit of an effect so that they don't, aren't out yeah, of breath probably, every time they're having a shot at goal. I don't know. This is just pretty fit. They'd be pretty fit by now. But what's the bet that we every game next week? Set shot goal kicking is terrible. Oh yeah, now now that we've said it out loud, <laughs> I've completely jinxed it. So yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that's that's that. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, to what we do every week, and uh, just just to let you know that um, we are sponsored by Pure VPN, and whether it's high speed streaming, browsing, security, file sharing, or simply just privacy, you get everything you need with Pure VPN. Your privacy is guaranteed with PureVPN's military-grade encryption, anonymous IP addresses, and a global network of high-speed servers to suit every purpose. PureVPN allows you instant and unrestricted access to all your favorite content through 2,000 strategically placed servers to help overcome any restriction. 24-7 support, ultra-fast speed with the ability to connect up to 5 devices simultaneously pure vpn is compatible with mac windows android iphone linux chrome firefox and any other device you can imagine throwing at it lucky listeners of the fifth quarter podcast can experience pure vpn for as little as two dollars 88 a month with a full 31 day money back guarantee simply visit purevpn.com slash fifth quarter special that's purevpn.com slash fifth quarter special nearly stuffed up the second one don't know why to take advantage of this exclusive deal no other VPN provider offers the perfect combination of premium add-ons and features like pure VPN for only $2.88 a month you can have your online privacy completely secured gain unrestricted access to content and unlike watching Geelong play uh, I should have read this before I copied it you can count on the same consistent performance each and every time. Get on board, secure this absolute well, I mean, bargain. It's still relevant. You yeah. Can't. Well, we'll see how we go. <laughs> uh, depends on if they beat free or not. Uh, secure this absolute bargain. Just visit purevpn.com slash fifth quarter special. So let's move on to some captivating questions for the week. Um, I'll actually start if you don't mind, Brent. Um, yeah, sure. Because this is probably might want a break, but no, no, no. I'll just go straight into it. Um, so because it's this could be a pretty short and sweet one. Um, as we know, uh, there's rumors and reports circulating that North Melbourne is uh shopping Ben Brown around, um, yeah, to see if there's any takers. So, my question is, which club should take Ben Brown and at what price should they i like what like, and when I, I mean price i mean uh what should they pay him and what should they pay for him i was actually thinking about this at lunch there you today. go i was like oh what teams so okay it's oh, it's hard to hard to tell because so you got to eliminate the clubs that don't need don't really need a key forward well, see, I so, I kind of have an answer to this for myself because I was under I kind of was thinking about it too, and the only ones I could think of were Sydney because and and yeah, it's not because they don't, they have, don't have key forward, yeah, there's key forwards that don't play exactly, yeah, um, or Essendon because almost the same sort of thing. Like we have one very good, like which could potentially be a very good key forward. If he was actually be able to get on the park, if he wish, if he even wishes to still be at Essendon, so yeah, that's the issue for me for Sydney is they seem very set on Joe Danaher who doesn't yeah. play, so they're sort of um, 
upgrade. I guess upgrading from two injury prone key forwards to another injury prone yeah key forward. We're seeing Ben Brown's pretty durable. Yeah, um, it's almost Adelaide like need, um, Adelaide probably need yeah another another good key forward, but I don't think they should give anything up for him. Brizzy don't need one. Carlton seem pretty happy. Melbourne, Melbourne definitely. Yeah. But Depends on where they see themselves, if they think they're going to be languishing and what they want to give up. Yep. Collingwood? Because the Mason Cox experiment isn't doing that particularly well. Yeah, but they're not really a key forward team. They're, yeah. they're more driven by the, the Richmond of 2018, the sort of, well, 2017, the Mosquito Fleet, kick it to one key forward. And uh, just yeah. Swarm with lightning quick small forwards. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Point. Point, Maybe though, um, Frio could do with one, but not yeah, worth but, it. Mm, Geelong, Geelong, yes. Hawks Hulk, not going to be forever. No, I mean, yeah, I guess Gold, you're gonna, Gold Coast, not really. They got Ben King. Nah, they're all right. GWS, no. Nah. Hawthorne, possibly. And they get everyone. Like if yeah, John Patton yeah. is good, but he's always injured. I was going to say, like, they if if Hawthorne were to get. Ben Brown, it would be on the cheap because that's how Hawthorne work it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Porter, pretty happy with Charlie Dixon. Yeah. Saints, no. West Coast, definitely don't need one. Yeah. And uh, the Bulldogs, possibly. I reckon, yeah, the most suitable teams for him to go to, I was actually thinking the Bombers or possibly Adelaide. Yeah. Um, for me... I mean, at his best, he's probably a six, seven hundred thousand dollar player. Depends on how badly you need a key forward. Yeah, but he need if, uh, if that's the case, he needs to start showing that now. Yeah, I know. If they're shopping him around, they're not doing him any favors by not kicking it to him. But no. it depends who who's shopping. You know, who's shopping who around? Is, does he want to leave, or do they want him to leave? Exactly. Yeah. And if they think he's a waste, well, then why why pick him? Mm. Um. Oh, it's, it's hard to tell. Like for a team like Adelaide at the bottom, you wouldn't want to give up any any part of their future for him because they're not going to win a flag with him. No. So you'd hate for them to to see them give up too much. Give up maybe like a future first rounder. Maybe I was, like was going to say give give up. Round pick you don't want them to. Up. Yeah, you don't want them to give up their their future for a present that isn't going to be any much better than what it currently yeah. is whereas someone like collingwood who probably would benefit from having him whether or not yeah that's the way they play yeah i would be happy to see them give up like a first rounder because he would actually help them win a flag so uh that was the ultimate long-winded fence sit <laughs> from me. um yeah the bombers seem to um think for the last four years, they, they've thought they're a few pieces shy of, of the whole thing. Yeah. So <laughs> whether or not they still think that. Well, it um, seems to be that... But they're, they've given up a lot already of their yeah. future for yeah. them now, and it's not paying off. So I'd hate to see them do it again Yeah. and it, it not pay off again. It seems to be that with Essendon, it's like, yeah, we've got a few... Pe- we just have a couple of piece, pieces of the puzzle missing. It's like, yeah, but those... Puzzle pieces seem to be different pieces of the puzzle every time. The only yeah. the only thing that's consistent is inside midfielder. Be- yeah, which they never get. Which yeah, <laughs> it's the one thing 
one of the things they're missing and they never get it. No, they always get something else, which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, well, having to note, but they're, they're, like this is a very much a tangent. Um, Jacob Townsend is supposed to be a bit more of that hard-bodied inside midfielder, but because of all the injuries up forward, he's playing more of a, uh, yeah. a forwardman at the moment. So there is that. Um, yeah, they do yeah. need they do need a key forward. But then, yeah, if if, if Essendon had uh, a, a you know a Ben Brown as well as a Joe Danaher, then yeah, Jacob Townsend would be in the midfield and everything would be peachy. Anyway, yeah, um, so my captivator, yes, is just a pure copy of yours from last week, Ben. So, <laughs> that's all right. I didn't actually listen to last week's podcast, so I'm <laughs> so one of these coaches is sacked tonight. Who would you rather take over tomorrow, Adelaide or North Melbourne? Oh. So you asked last week, uh, Hawthorne, yeah, Hawthorne um, or Sydney. So. Uh, 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 pass. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah, okay. Uh, I, hmm. Well, this is tricky because I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, looking, I'm thinking lists, but then I'm also thinking like administration and both administrations both not, both are not, not that great yeah. either. If I uh, if I put my blue and yellow glasses back on, <laughs> Brady Rawlings is the list manager at North. He left West Coast last year, the end of last year. Right. And the okay. list he put together in the time he was there. That's like, yeah, look pretty at good. The names that came yeah. in. There's Liam Ryan, Oscar Allen. Obviously, the Tim finally got the Tim Kelly trade done. Yeah. My um, they built uh, they built a premiership, helped build a premiership winning list. My concern is um, is that uh, they because they're both boys clubs. You'd feel yeah. you'd feel like if you were to take over any of those teams, you'd feel like an outsider from the get go. Yeah, and like you'd be you'd feel like you were constantly pushing a rock uphill. Um, I just it's hard to to figure out who's got the easiest to fix problem. No, you know that, I mean? yeah, because um, like Adelaide seems to be more their list. They've stuck with their list that lost, but they just lost the flag with. But now they're going to turn it over. Yeah, that, no, they're they're in rebuild. But but how do they do that? Yeah, and yeah. North they've sort of stuck with the list that has had them around the middle. Mm. And I guess the back end of last year sort of hyped them up a bit about what they had. Yeah, yeah. But their young players excite me a bit more than Adelaide's. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I think but I think if I believe Adelaide have the Giants' first pick, so they're going to get if the Giants don't do well, they're going to get two pretty good picks. Yeah, I think in terms of yeah, if if we got if we think of both teams as as rebuilds, I feel like I'd have more resources like like in terms of like future picks and uh like trading um uh you know like uh what do you call it um more cards more, yeah more cards to play more yeah just more things to be able to trade um so I'd, I'd probably have more ability to work uh with a north melbourne rebuild uh and yeah and probably they've, they've got a and list be able to make doesn't... the team the way I, I feel like it could be made. Like, it, you're, I, for a moment, for a while, I thought North Melbourne's problem, like, every, I think everyone thought North Melbourne's problem was just strategy. It didn't have much. And it still they still don't. Um, 
so maybe like yeah, it, it could be a case of you know you 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 take away here a few things here or there. You you trade in a few players that you think are going to work, and you actually give them something that a game strategy that isn't just kick it long and kick it to a you know a, a kick it to a, a forward that's that hope that is hopefully open. Um, that just seems to be the strategy: just kick it long, kick it long, kick it long, and hope for, and hope for the best. Um, so my I, I guess. Yeah, this is my long-winded way of saying I'd probably take North Melbourne over Adelaide because yeah, I think at the, North they're both basket cases, but North Melbourne is a basket case with more to work with. Yeah, the positive for North for me is Brady Rawlings is not the type of list manager who just throws a million dollars at every every out of contract player, unlike. The previous, uh, I was going to say because, like, I'm pretty sure that was North Melbourne's uh, modus operandi for a little bit. Yeah, if we just give everyone a million dollars, we'll win flags. Um, so that that's let's put them ahead for me. Yeah. Um, and they seem to have been able to semi admit a couple of mistakes, unlike Adelaide, who are just sticking by their terrible, terrible administration. Yeah. I well, don't even realise it is terrible. No, they, they seem to be doubling down almost. It's like, it's not yeah. terrible, you're terrible. Short um, answer, yeah, neither. Yeah, that's why I said pass. <laughs> uh, um, unfortunately, Nathan doesn't, didn't give us a captivating question to ask, answer, so uh, we'll just have to um, wait for, for next week for, for his one. That's okay. Yeah, I've got another one, but I want to wait till till we're all available for yeah, this one. That's not so a... it's too captivating. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> uh, that actually I might actually listen to next week's podcast then. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll get straight into the redraft then for this week, and that is the nineteen ninety three AFL redraft. And who boy was that a week as piss one. Um, I don't think it was too bad. It was just finding a number 10. Yeah. There, like, there was, but I was split between like four players for number 10, which is usually about right. I did say to, to both of you that we will more than likely have the exact same players in yeah, the top 10, order. just in different orders, because that's how... Yeah, yeah. there were good players, but there were not a lot of good players in the draft. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Brent, Maybe if you we'll wanted to... Nathan's first. May as well go Nathan's first. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to read it out because then we can just like mooch off his hard work as always. Yeah, I like that. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> so, yeah, number 10, Nathan's gone Paul Barnard. No justification. He just needed to pick someone at number 10. Which is just, uh, I hate that to <laughs> no degree. That's just not just because I need someone to pick 10. Paul Barnard was way better than just a. Potential pick 10. No, I, we'll, I disagree. We'll about that. I disagree we'll with that. About that. <laughs> uh, number nine, we've got Chris Scott, 225 games, 79 goals. Uh, number eight, Darren Gaspar, 228 games, two-time All-Australian. Uh, he was the number one pick, wasn't he? He was, yes. Sydney Sydney took him, and then two years later, he went to Richmond, Richmond. on mega money and was played all his football there. Yep. Uh, David King, so Nathan's... Needed to point out that he lost his respect for him with his tendency to use completely irrelevant stats to act like he can trend something but be wrong pretty much all the time. <laughs> uh, played 241 games, kicked 145 goals, two All-Australians and two flags. Uh, his teammate, Adam Simpson, 306 games, 
one all Australian, two flags, one as captain. I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> of course. Chris Chris Johnson, 264 games, 172 goals, two all Australians, three flags. Yep. Matty Lappin, 251 games, 247 goals, and an all Australian. The G Train, 260 games, 549 goals, two all Australians. Nigel Lappin, 279 games, 174 goals, four All-Australians, three flags, a member of probably the scariest midfield ever. Uh, and number one, yeah. kills Nathan to do it. It's killed me that he's done it. <laughs> uh, Brad Johnson, he's Mr. one of the Smile. Worst Well, not the worst commentator. He's very annoying, though. Um, but in a in a team that went from bottom to... A couple of prelims back to the bottom and just sort of everywhere in between. Very inconsistent team. Yeah. He played a massive 364 games, kicked 558 goals. Pretty sure every time he played West Coast, he kicked 10. <laughs> you know, it yeah. felt like 10. Yeah. Um, Six-time All-Australian and probably, probably the choice for number one. Although, who knows? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll go with mine now. If you want to take a a quick break, yeah. If you got if you got Barnard number one, or <laughs> let's just just hold your horses, all right? Let's just we'll start at number ten, okay? Yeah. yeah. And because I honestly like, I don't think I'm trying to think of who I don't have. Uh, that oh, that's a, yeah. I missed Matthew Lappin. That's who I missed. Um, so I'm going to put him at number 10 as opposed to Justin Murphy. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, let's just go with that. At number nine, uh, Darren Gasper. Uh, at number eight, I went Adam Simpson. Um, and then at seven, I went Fraser Garrick. Now I have him so low because the G train was, was a train, but only for like two or three seasons. The rest of his for a while. The, yeah, well, the rest yeah, the rest of his career he was just at the station. <laughs> like he didn't really do much. Um, yeah, he like I said he had a, he, he had a couple of seasons where he kicked a hundred plus goals, um, but he I didn't really see him as that consistent a performer throughout his entire career. Number six, I have Nigel Lappin. Number five, I have David King, and I don't actually take into consideration any of the commentary stuff. Because that's off-field stuff. That's after-career stuff. We're talking about, you know, on-field, on-the-team kind of thing. Um, number four, Brad Johnson. Uh, three, Chris Scott. Two, Chris Johnson. And I put them above Brad Johnson because they were premiership-winning players. Um, and that, that number one, of course, Mr. Paul Barnard. <laughs> yes, he got traded. Uh, yes, he got he got uh, picked up by Hawthorne initially, but he 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 found his way home and won that premiership. So that's all that matters. Not if he's own boot. <laughs> well, he he was very close to best on ground in that in that uh, grand final. Well, you're going to be disappointed because I don't even have him in my in my ten. You're both but... terrible people. <laughs> you and Nathan. I've are actually both gone. Um, actually, have gone Simon Beaumont. With my pick ten, uh, I was there was a toss up between like four players: as Barnard, Murphy, Beaumont, and uh, Simon Garlic. But I actually went Beaumont because Justin Murphy played... is the only name of those four I know, <laughs> aside from Paul Barnard. Oh yeah, sorry, um, Barnard. Yeah, 
he played majority of his career from memory as a defender. Kicked 101 goals in like 170 games. Oh wow! Um, famously kicked eight goals in his 50th game. Oh. Famously for me. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, must have been real famous for that. <laughs> yeah, eight goals in uh, his 50th game. Not bad for a defender. That's pretty. Yeah, that's bloody good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine, Chris Scott. <sighs> Number eight, <laughs> David King. The shutters are over now. Um, number seven. It was pretty much the same as you guys, just different order, as 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 predicted. So I've got Matty Lappin, number seven. Darren Gasper, number six. Number five, we've gone Adam Simpson. So I had him a bit higher than the other guys, just because premiership captain. Pretty good. Uh, Chris Johnson, number four. The G-Train, number three. Nigel Lappin, number two. And uh, I, had, I just went Brad Johnson, number one. For the sheer amount of games and goals he kicked in a not great team. Yeah. Um, so similar reasoning to Nathan. I think our top fours were the same. Yeah, I, well, you and Nathan's probably worse. Mine is always the odd similar. one out because yeah. I'm the only one who's... got to have the red and black in there, yeah. Well, I mean, it's all opinion, but I'm the, I'm the only one with the <laughs> correct one. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was our uh, redraft no for the 1993 AFL draft. Uh, next week will be the 1992 AFL draft and I will just very very quickly bring it up just to see whose names are on there and we that's all right I'll um I'll throw it up on social media ah yes of course you guys can have a look at it and uh give us your your top 10 that you would pick yes um, we'll see how well you do because we know this is purely objective Purely, purely subjective. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's subjectively objective. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it was a pretty good draft. Well, for, you got Drew Banfield at number one. For, yeah. for Brisbane as well. Oh, yep. That, yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the the, name, the, the first two names that pop up that are Brisbane's are, yeah, pretty substantial. <laughs> but I won't say anything because, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put that post up on our Facebook page. Um, and so we'll get into, we'll not get into too much, just, just, just the tips, just the tips we'll do at the moment right now. Um, yeah, that's all I have to give really anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all you're willing to give. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with, uh, now, th- and this is where we, this is, this is now the start of something beautiful because, uh, Wednesday night football, Mmm. Mm, juicy it's about to begin oh yes so we have a game tonight right now we do have a There's game as no we're recording footy, no footy tomorrow no because everyone needs the day to buckle up yep we, we you, you need you need a day to just yeah to get supplies to to set everything up to plan it to get you know get yourself sorted for the next three weeks because Oh Spend some quality time with the partner because she's not seen you for the next three weeks. Nah. Well, uh, unless, unless she is also a footy fan, in which case, you know, <laughs> she's going to be planning yeah. it with you. Um, but we'll move, yeah, so first first cable off the rank, Wednesday night, uh, Western Bulldogs versus Richmond at Metricon Stadium. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Yep. Richmond have played two finalists, haven't beaten either of them. Two finalists from last year haven't beaten either of them. Uh, so I'm going to go the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm going on form, so Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, uh, Thursday night, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide at the Gabba. Uh, 
Port. Yeah, um, Port Adelaide to bounce back. Melbourne did all right against Brisbane, but not enough. Carlton versus Hawthorne, Friday afternoon. Yeah, so... At Optus? Yeah, at Optus. If Hawthorne were undefeated at the top of the ladder, I'd tip Carlton. Um, But Carlton being Carlton, I'll probably... It's actually part of my brave or stupid. I'm going to tip Hawthorne. Mm, okay, I am going to go tip. Whole hog. I am going to tip Carlton, but not very convincingly. That's three weeks in a row, Ben. Are you sure you're a bomber support? I am. I <laughs> trust me. It's 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 it it pains me because Carlton is actually somewhat decent. Like they're not. They're nowhere near as bad as they were a year or two ago. They're actually got some sort of consistency about yeah, them. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah. it's. It breaks my heart every time. Trust me. <laughs> like Carl, this, that, the Carlton Hawthorne game, I would just like to be a nil-all draw. Like, or just like have them yeah, have them have games, them lose yeah. premiership points somehow. That would be that would be you know that'd be great. That'd be great for me. Like the winner doesn't get any, and the loser loses premiership points. That's that's <laughs> best case scenario. But uh, Friday night we have Essendon versus Brisbane at Metricon Stadium. So it's a home game for Essendon. Figure that out. Yeah, uh, Brizzy. Uh, I Daniel Rich is out and Daniel McStay is out and Shields coming back in. So it will be. I would hope it's going to be a tight contest, but I do tip Brisbane because I'm. I have a brain. Uh, it's in there somewhere. Sometimes Saturday yeah, midfield is Essendon aren't good against very well, good midfields. Yes. Yeah. So and Brisbane Brisbane's is very very good. Very 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 good. Uh Saturday afternoon we have the clash of the wooden spooners North Melbourne versus Adelaide at Metro. Yeah, Bond. what's funny is uh I said I would coach North Melbourne so I should probably tip them but I'm going to tip Adelaide. You know what? I'm tipping Adelaide too. They they're looking better. Yeah, that's that's it. North, that's exactly despite, it. Neither of them are getting anywhere on the ladder. No. But, but Adelaide are looking better and they pushed West Coast for a half. Yeah. And if you have a look, Adelaide's scoring has actually gotten increasingly better over the last three weeks. So Norris has gotten decreasingly, increasingly worse. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Saturday afternoon as well. Uh, after it, it's St. Kilda versus Sydney at the Gabba. St. Kilda. Yep, St. Kilda for me. Uh, Saturday night, we have West Coast versus Geelong at Optus. The uh, the giant the sleeping giant has awoken is the saying I believe. Ah uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, is, it is. So that's why you're tipping Geelong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah, I'll be They're tipping. I'll be tipping West Coast as well. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Gold Coast versus GWS Battle of the Expansion Clubs at Metricon. I think I think the Giants have found themselves. Yep, and Gold Coast are. Not struggling, but you know they you can tell they're lacking a bit of yeah, a bit of class. Yeah, I think yeah, and the Giants definitely are not. As as the season goes on, Gold Coast will be more where they're supposed to be, which is probably just outside the eight, which is where they are now. But that's where they'll yeah, probably yeah. end up remaining. I think and hover around there. Yeah, I think Giants will just have too much class for them to, to yeah. win. Um, su- Sunday night, last Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Well, Sunday night for for the Eastern States people. Uh, Fremantle versus Collingwood at Optus, last game of the round. Even though there's another game on a meet the day after. Um, yeah, it's uh might depend on the results tonight. I actually tipped Frio to win tonight. Mm. Um, hard to pick the Pies after 
yesterday. Um, Pendlebury's out for a month. To go in, how we're out for a long time. That's confirmed, is it? That Pendlebury's out for a month? No, oh, potentially a month. Which okay. Means he won't play. He won't play this game. Okay. No, definitely. Um, no, definitely not. No. And if Fife is back, mm. if going to play anything like they did against West Coast in the second half, then Freo will be licking their chops. The thing I'm is, gonna go for, I'm going to go for you. I'm going to call it early. I don't know. I don't see Collingwood doing that twice in two consecutive weeks, so that's why I'm tipping Collingwood. Yeah, who knows with um, yeah, Freo because they've got no backline. So just for a quick recap, <laughs> we're both going Bulldogs. We're both yep. going Port. You're going Hawthorne. Yep. I am going Carlton. Yeah, both. We're both going Brisbane. Both Adelaide. Both St Kilda. Both West Coast, both GWS, and then you're going Frio, I'm going Collingwood. Yeah. There you go, people. That is just the tips. Uh, have you got a Colling- have you got a Collingwood tip right? Probably not. I'm I just think trying to sow trying to sow some seeds of doubt in you, Ben. They they may they may very well be my <laughs> my uh, my version of your Adelaide team of last year. Yeah, yeah. Um probably. but hey, I I'll, if I get it wrong this week, then I'll I'll look back and see if there's a pattern, and then not tip them, and then they'll win. Exactly, and then when I rec- when, and then if there is a pattern, then I recognise it, and then there will just yeah, it will be I'll be a lose lose scenario that then. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll head into our last little segment of the of our of our podcast this week, and that is brave or stupid. Have you got one for so, me? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got one. Um, it's sort of mentioned it a bit in um just the tips but i've got hawthorne to win by 40 plus oh oh um yeah i'm gonna go stupid simply because i think hawthorne are barely are barely able to score 40 points at this point (laughs) at the moment so i was like at best this is the stupid kind of brave yeah 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 it's 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 stupidly brave like it's no 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 it's bravely stupid no that's what it is it's bravely stupid because god damn that's i mm, like i can see them like they'll probably kick like 50 60 points which would mean that carlton will kick like two goals nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so mm, no that's 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 stupid for me um, maybe time will tell yeah maybe uh for me though my bravely stupid is uh that uh north melbourne will axe as in um uh, fire reshore after they lose to Adelaide this weekend. Nah, way too early. So it, many... even even if they lose by ten goals, yeah. Your first season is free, and he took over halfway through last year. Yeah, but this is North Melbourne we're talking about. I mean, mate, they had Brad that... Scott for like ten years. Exactly. Like... This is North Melbourne we're talking about. <laughs> they had no, Brad Scott for early. ten years, and they'll have reshore for ten months. And then they'll no, try way again. too early. Way no. too early. Uh, uh, I think they just made the mistake of um, signing him after five games or whatever without even yeah. looking around. Well, they all they did was go to three ex North Melbourne players that are coaching. Yeah. So they approached Clarko, Longmire, and Simone, and then they were like, "Oh, well, I guess we've got Reece yeah. Shaw." And that was you know half the, that was majority of the reason why it was so hard to pick whether I wanted to coach North or Adelaide because it's like well. <laughs> yeah. You know, the boys club. It's, it is. It's it's just as much a boys club as Adelaide, even though you know. Yeah. So maybe if like a David Hale or something becomes available, yeah, they might fire him. But 
No, I think that's that's stupid. Cool. That's right. I, w- I was trying to get some stupid ones because uh, this this <laughs> yeah, whole you've been se- too good at this game so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this. I mean, I think as well because because COVID's been a thing. I think it's just sort of taken everyone's mentality and just sort of like, well, any- anything could happen. So it's all up. It's all up for grabs. Why yeah, not? Who knows? So to be able to actually finally hit something that is proper stupid, I'll. It's a feather in my cap there. Um, and a feather in yours as well because you, you, you know, we both went. We we were both equally stupid. I think I'm five weeks in a row stupid. Oh wow, you're. I've got to keep the streak alive. Yeah, you're the Michael Phelps of stupid. Yeah, I'll um, pull one out next week. <laughs> oh, better find one. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, short and short and sweet one this week. Uh, so that will do it for for us. Um, thank you very much for for listening in. Um, as always, if you do have a, a captivating question that you'd like to ask us or you know want us to answer anything like that by all means go to our facebook page uh, or email us at uh, at fifth quarter podcast at gmail.com um yeah thank you very much tweet much. us at yes we do have twitter fifth quarter pod at fifth quarter pod. Ah, yeah. just type in fifth quarter pod it's there um, so yeah, Twitter, email, uh, Facebook page. If you have a, a question for us, or just want to, you know, um, talk about anything football related, by all means, uh, go there. Um, we'll be there as well. But uh, for now, thank you very much for joining us, and enjoy the footy. Enjoy the footy.